0: What's going on, guys? AJ here back again with another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. I want to talk about Beyond Resume again, and I want to talk about the internal execution format of Beyond Resume. And so if you guys have been paying attention, which I hope you have, there's two different variances of Beyond Resume. There is the um, employee coaching version of it that I'm doing collaborations and partnerships with career coaches and job boards, and other things of that such. And then there's the internal execution format where I'm coaching and building frameworks on behalf of organizations around how they can be proactive around sussing out and extracting the data around the Beyond Resume and being thoughtful around how they engage and support and employ long term. And so I'm probably just going to give a motivational slash just objective point of view rant that may be valuable to some and may not be valuable to some, but this is going to be around beyond resume. Um, I think a couple things, just super objective statement here. If I'm a startup, you know what? Let me stop even doing that. Even though a lot of this is really around startups and growth organizations and small businesses. If I'm any organization, frankly, my point of view around employees first is so deep And I'm so objective with it that everything within the beyond resume needs to come true at an operational level, like just objectively straight up and down. Now, I know that's a really big statement. I know that's an objective statement, but I just believe in that the most. So what do I mean by that? Right. I believe that as an organizational leader, a CEO, a C-suite executive. Someone that makes real decisions within the organization as it pertains to who you're hiring, who you're bringing into your organization, who is going to be actually making your organizational exist. Like, let's go all the way back to the core of the E1B2 model. Employees first. I literally lost a business that I genuinely believe would have had six to 12 locations at this point and that would have done north of 15 to 20 million dollars in revenue month over, not month over month, annually. AR, I believe would have got to that level and I lost that organization genuinely because I did not put an employee first operationally. Now, of course, there's other tactics and other things involved in how I got to that position. But I believe 50 to 70 percent of the reason why that organization is no longer here is because of that reality. So I just believe in this the most. And then there's objective data behind my crazy point of view. All right. That's just an objective statement. Number one. Number two, I believe that it's just a super objective reality that all the companies that we know and respect literally would not exist if they did not have engaged, excited, empathetic, strategic, enthusiastic, motivated, intelligent, competent, skilled, dedicated employees. That is just an objective fact. Now, let me give you another objective fact from a different point of view. Is it possible? Is it possible to have a bunch of employees, like my mother, like my girlfriend, like all of my friends personally, that are looking to just get a check. As long as you don't go out of your way to make outlandish statements or make them incredibly uncomfortable, they are typically the type of person that is excited about collecting a check. AKA, a lot of the variables within the Beyond Resume, they are not even thinking about as individuals, AKA, you don't need to have those realities internal. All you need to have are the basics. A nice 401k, a nice salary, nice, nice paid time off benefits. Your typical bullshit, bullshit variables. Which, which, before you jump down my throat, which I understand and I agree, are incredibly important, and that's what the vast majority of humans are thinking about. So I do realize that, but here's the caveat. Number one. There's not enough folks like me that are screaming from the rooftops, educating employees, because what I've done over the last five years now, and I've seen it firsthand, literally in my face. When I've been screaming at the rooftops about these points of use, every single person, one by one by one, that now understands. And I'm talking about when I say person, I'm talking about employees that now understand they have power. They have the ability to to go into organizations that have a little bit more nuanced realities contextual realities around supporting them and engaging them and now making them privy to some of the more operational components of what makes up a great employee experience. Now that they are aware of that, they are doing a lot more for, their, for themselves. So I do believe individuals like me and so many others are educating and motivating the workforce today. So the workforce is becoming smarter and more intelligent. I believe there's so much data that proves that, number one. Number two, though, I believe if I flip back over to the organization, you don't want a bunch of folks like that to make up the high potentials, the executive and even manager levels of your org. Now, let me explain that. Do you want folks like my girlfriend, like my mother, like all my friends that are just day-to-day, consistent, reliable Staff, competent staff. Yes, you do. That is how you create a sustainable organization. But what you do want even more than that is you want really intelligent, skilled, valued humans that are coming up with creative ideas that are pushing innovations that are making the actual growth of your organization go So that you're not having a consistent revenue model organization for five years, year after year after year, because that's what the majority of small businesses look like. The majority of small businesses go from zero in revenue to 100,000 in revenue, to half a million in revenue, to a million in revenue, to 2 million in revenue, to 5 million in revenue, maybe to 25 million in revenue, and then they hit a pause. They hit a pause because 90% of their organization looks a little bit more like my family and friends, which are needed. And then the other part of the organization, there's very few that are getting a strategic operational employee experience that is really tactical, that brings in and recruits really talented individuals to kind of take them over that hump. So all that, everything I just said, is really objective. Research the data. I know what I'm talking about. I find very few folks that would agree, I mean, disagree with that point of view. Now, moving beyond that, Here's my now, here's now what I'm saying as it pertains and how it connects to Beyond Resume. I believe it behooves the brand in every category of the 18 within a Beyond Resume to go out of your way to make the realities and the dreams in each of those categories come true at an individual level, aka the heads of people, the managers, the executives, the executives, need to put in systems, best practices, policies, behaviors to make these things come true at a micro and individual level. So what I mean by that is I don't believe operationally on the organization side that the Beyond Resume is a nice-to-have. I literally believe it is a must-have. So let me explain. I'll just pick, I'll pick number 15, change management communication needs. I believe it behooves the brand When you are recruiting and bringing a human into your organization to understand how they would like change to be communicated to them at an individual level. How they would like change to be communicated to them by their leaders or their direct reports. How they would appreciate change to happen at the highest organizational level consistency wise. And let me stick on that for a moment. Let's say you have a very talented human that's coming into your org that needs and appreciates and wants and desires consistency day-to-day-to-day, aka my mother. And what do I mean by day-to-day consistency? They don't want an ebb and flow of needs and focuses and changes and policies and best practices and behaviors and products and services and a bunch of unknown. They don't want a lot of that happening in the org. That makes them uncomfortable. That puts them in a threat state. They are looking for an organization that is making consistent strides and efforts day-to-day. Unpacking their change communication needs, preferences, desires, and state in their current moment is a really good thing to understand and unpack, and it is really important that if you have the power and the ability to make adjustments at scale and in the micro around one's change communication needs and preferences, it behooves the brand to do so. It makes sense for you as the brand to do so. I'll pick another one. My employee one-on-one needs and preferences. A lot of organizations nowadays are having one-on-ones. Now, what I'm not understanding is why aren't you going to your current employees, former employees, new employees coming in, and understanding what they are looking for out of the one-on-one moment? Instead, instead, organizations are going to fifteen-five, this podcast other podcasts, other organizations and finding frameworks and models that have research and data backing up that it works at google or amazon or or airbnb when the last time i checked none of those employees of those companies work for your fucking company and i don't mean to drop the f-bomb i'm getting a little excited here and so what i'm understanding if i'm reading this correctly you're applying best practices from all these other organizations into your organization without even checking it and confirming that your people would like that. Let's connect this one-on-one thing. one on one the last time I checked, are conversations around compensation. They're conversations around performance. They're, compensa- they're, they're conversations around they should be around points of views and thoughts around the org and their direct managers and what changes need to be made. They should be conversations around little nuances and realities that are happening day-to-day within the org that managers and executives should be aware of. They should be conversations around where that individual is looking to go long-term and what learning and development moments need to be put in place, contextual to the human in this moment, connected to their long-term goals. They should be a lot of other things, And to make that really beneficial and productive and how you can connect that to the bottom line, if you're making and putting in place one-on-one formats and designs that no one in your organization, or I shouldn't say no one, your highest performing folks are not appreciative of, then they may walk away from the org. They may not be getting the best and the most out of the one-on-one, which could improve their productivity, which could be connected to the bottom line. And so it just really never, I've never understood why you're not going to your people and helping them co-create the format of the one-on-one. I'll pick off one more and then I'll wrap this up. Meeting structures, types of meeting structures that work well for the contextual applicant coming into the org and your people currently. Again, if I'm running an organization, I'm doing everything in my power to forget everything that I've learned in my life. And I'm moving from this is how the meetings are going to be ran here to, hey folks, hey 87 employees, contextually one-on-one and contextually as a unit, I want you guys to tell me what would be the best meeting structure that you guys would appreciate because I know if you guys are psychologically safe, if you guys are productive, that the meeting will be the best freaking meeting possible. Thus, I can communicate what we need to get done. You can communicate what needs to get done. We're all happy. Customers are happy. Partners are happy. Money is being made. Everyone is fulfilled. Everyone wins. What I'm seeing at scale is too many organizations are going and putting in meeting practices and structures that no one appreciates, that no one likes. And you have people that are not engaged, that are not bringing the best ideas to the meeting, that are not bringing problems up within the meetings that could really be solved, that could really, again, get connected to the bottom lines, etc., etc. So. My point is this. Everything that I talk about in this podcast, I'm not talking about it just to make myself feel good. These are things that should be must haves. Guaranteed moments. Your people, your employees, you need to talk to them before you do anything. Because at the end of the day, if their engagement, excitement, dedication, perspectives, points of views, efforts, competence, all the other things that we know make up an incredible employee. If all those things are not at a high level, if all those things are not consistent, if all those things are not in a good place then you will be inevitably having a group of individuals that may be 20 to 50% of your high potentials, your most important. And when I say important, I mean connected to your bottom line, folks. That may not be there. Or they may be there, but they may not be giving it their all. Or they may be leaving something on the table. And so I don't know. This is why Beyond Resume means so much to me because if you put Beyond Resume operationally within the interviewing process, within the onboarding process, now you can be thoughtful about all of the realities of that human and then you can be really proactive and then you can contextually one-on-one by one by one by one make the efforts to make a bigger impact, which again can always get connected down to the bottom line if you look hard enough. I just want you guys to win. I want everybody listening to this to be happy, successful, productive, and rich. That's all I want. So, hope that helped. Thanks a lot.